Hello everybody, it's Marcy from wavesofcommunication.com. Welcome to another episode of the Language Facilitation Helpline podcast, and thank you for tuning in today. The fastest results come when you enjoy the process of language facilitation. Hello, everybody out there, all you language facilitators, and welcome back to my channel, to another video. My name is Marcy Melzer, and I'm an intuitive speech-language pathologist and language facilitation coach and consultant, and you're welcome here to learn more today about becoming your child's primary facilitator for speech, for spoken language, for multiple languages, for social behavior, for school readiness, all the things that I am in the position to equip and empower you to do. So welcome today. I want to encourage you to subscribe. So I know many of you are new to the platform because I'm getting new subscribers every day and I'm very, very close to the sixth thousand subscriber mark. So please subscribe, hit that subscribe button. I'm not going to stop asking because I really want to hit that milestone. It's, uh, it tells me that people are interested in this topic, that parents are wanting to take the job of facilitating spoken language and helping your kids. And so Today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about this. We're going to be talking about non-tech causes for virtual autism. And there are a few reasons that I decided to go ahead and talk about this topic today and share this with you because um, the first reason is that virtual autism was happening before technology was a thing. I've been a speech-language pathologist for decades and working with families way before kids even had phones or even parents had phones. When I was starting to work, we were using landlines to make appointments way back in the day. And still then, there were children who showed what today in the 2000s and 2020s is called, you know, autism red flags. These parents were seeing these kinds of symptoms. And I was too way back before technology was around. And so what I did was I kind of put on my thinking cap to come up with those reasons because I do have, as always, some information to share with you. So let's dig into this concept and talk about it. These are non-tech causes. And as I said in the title of this video, I actually have 15 non-tech non causes for virtual autism. And the reason I'm doing it is because there are many late talkers, like I said, before tech even came around and even today, that show these red flag symptoms, even with minimal exposure and or limited interest in tech. And remember how we know these children are virtual autism is because they're, they're, um, what they're able to do is very inconsistent, right? They're super smart, but they're self-absorbed. So they're not sharing what they know. And again, they fail the tests. Like they know how to say words, but they clam up due to their 
strong will. So people judge them, right? This is why they're being misdiagnosed with actual autism, because these are the things that are going on. And these are the things that we're going to target in the um, causes that I'm going to be talking about on today's video. So number three is their behaviors are compared to ASD. So it's all the same things that you not responding to their name, echolalia, toe walking, active hyperactivity, all the things, repetitive behaviors, all those things that are red flags, these kids show them. So their behaviors are often compared because they are the same and they have limited speech and that causes frustration, which is more of those behaviors. And of course they isolate. So kids with virtual autism, they choose to isolate, right? Remember they're self-absorbed and they're protecting their freedom because they're feeling manipulated. Now, before we move on, I want, I wanted to do on today's video, just like every video I do, I am sharing information that I have learned from working with actual families, from producing information, from people sharing information with me. That's how I know what I'm talking about here. And what I know, you know, you're like, who is this girl on YouTube? Who's, you know, whatever I can say, whatever I want. I know that it helps you when parents share their perspective from their transition from being what I call fix my kid parents into taking on the role. What is important here <laughs> about this is that I wanted to know, I wanted to think about what can cause these kids to remain stuck using nonverbal behavior and limited scripted words to communicate besides using tech. And so what I did was I separated these 15 causes. I just kept coming up with them. I, as I sat and thought about it, the list kept growing and growing and growing because like I said, I've been doing this for a really long time. And I know that there are a lot of people who, um, who are feeling like it's just not working. I just want to know what to do and they don't know what to do. And so I want to know, and maybe it wasn't tech or there isn't tech involved. So like I said, I separated these into two categories. The first five root causes that I'm going to share with you are due to the wellness kinds of issues. And here they are. So these are common untreated wellness issues. This is not for those of you who have been going to the doctors and getting treatments and doing things and working with them. These are things that parents look over or professionals even look over to give the kid the diagnosis of autism because these kinds of things, even though they are real physiological problems that a child could have, do not trigger the same level of insurance reimbursement that autism spectrum disorder does. So even though all of these things that I'm just going to, I didn't read through them and I just showed you the slide, but even though these things are, there are medical diagnoses, even in the DSM that you can use for all of these things. And here they are, ear, nose, and throat symptoms. So they could have tonsillitis. They could have ear, ear fluid retention. They could have all of those things. These are actual medical 
diagnoses. They could have malnourishment or toxicity. And I'm not meaning toxicity from uh, inoculations or shots. I'm saying toxicity from lead in water or um, eating dirt outside or being around drugs in the household, that kind of malnourishment. Because these things, if they're happening in families, they do not go treated because there are other reasons in the household that kids go malnourished and toxed out. I realize that the people who are watching me here are not necessarily, um, you know, you're here because you care about your child's journey. But remember, those who are in, in inner cities who are having struggling themselves financially or struggling themselves with social issues or struggling themselves with other things, those people are sending their kids to speech therapy too. And so over the years, like I said, before there was even technology, there were parents that were too distracted by their own financial, socioeconomic, drug addiction situations in their own family that they could not parent in a way that helps their child develop more quickly. So their kids are delayed because their parents can't parent. And the kids are suffering, literally physically suffering from that situation, from malnourishment and toxicity. And so I realize that's not a very common thing, but it is more common than parents think. It might not be common on this channel for parents watching, but it is common. Now, the other thing that is common that is often untreated is vision problems. And when I talk about this myopia for tech kids, if you have given your child a technology device, a handheld device, this is not so much the kids who've been in the room with the TV, unless the kids have been right in front of the TV. Remember long ago, they always told you or your parents might have told you to move back from the TV, even though you wanted to be up close watching it. Now the TV's in the child's hands and literally held this close to their eyes, right? That causes a difference in the development of the eyes, which is called myopia or nearsightedness. Kids aren't able to see even faces across the room or distinguish things. They develop vision problems. Now, vision problems result in speech delay because kids in the process of converting nonverbal communication into actual spoken language, which is the entire process of spoken language or speech development, right? Babies don't come out knowing language. They come out, though, knowing how to communicate. And so they never stop knowing how to communicate, but they rely a lot on their vision. And if they don't have vision, they rely on hearing. If they don't have hearing, they rely on vision. So especially if your child has suffered from chronic ear fluid, ear, nose, and throat issues, tonsillectomies, ear tubes, any of all of that stuff, then in addition to that, they also could be suffering from other things, vision problems, right? Or they're, if they're not using, right, they're not using their ears, they're using their eyes, they're not using their eyes, they're using their ears. And if they've got both problems, ear, nose, and throat problems, plus they've got that phone so close because they can't hear it unless it's right in front of their face, then that's another problem. Now, here's another one. Number four is exhaustion and lack of relaxation and or sleep. Now, this does come from tech use, kids getting tech at night, but it wasn't always tech. 
that was keeping kids up. They were playing in their room. They were climbing. They were escaping. There were parents who were locking. I had one of these kids who would climb out of the kid and we had to sleep in the room until she fell asleep because she could climb over the rail on the bed. And was doing it to test us, right? How will, will my parents stay here and fall asleep with me? Can I rely on them to do it? Because if not, I'm going to go find them. That was my child's nonverbal communication. And she started really young, like younger than a year. She was already this mobile. So the second kids, you know, they develop faster in other ways. But she wasn't talking yet. She was too young to even talk, but she was commuting. Communicating. And so she was up late at night. She was pushing it. She was pushing naps because she wanted to play and explore outside because she had a really great daycare. So she didn't want to lay down for naps. She didn't want to come in from outside. She didn't want to stop to eat. She was too busy exploring and learning 24-7. And she was exhausted. And we always knew when she got past that exhaustion stage, and then she would shut down. And this might happen to you as an adult. You could be going and going and going and going and taking your kid to these therapies and those therapies and modifying their diet and doing all this other stuff and all these other things, and you could be breaking down. And when that breakdown happens, either your child gets exhausted or you get exhausted, then the connection time doesn't happen anymore and you're not there. So exhaustion and lack of relaxation, that could be either you or the child or both of you, because one or the other of you could be doing that. And this results in late talking and late development, because you can't learn and grow as quickly as other kids are, which is why you're here. Your child isn't doing it as fast as other kids. So you're exhausted from trying to make this happen or they're exhausted from whatever pressure they're getting. And then number five here is, is anxiety and feeling unregulated. So this is why so many kids get put into occupational therapy and they're all given these sensory profiles because they... Um, People who are biased toward an autism, a true autism diagnosis, will label your child's obsessions and recurring behavior and things they need to do to communicate. Because remember, if they don't have words, they've got to have something else to use as their language. And so they start using behavior. And if a behavior works, like when they hit you, you respond and give them something, even if it was unconscious just to get them to stop doing it, they learn from that. So they'll do it again. And then you could say, now my child's hitting me more often. And you, other professionals would blame that on your child, right? All of that stuff. So what happens is ultimately they start to get anxiety because they feel unregulated because they're trying to do what their best to communicate and they're just being judged and they're exhausted. So take a look at these common untreated wellness issues. All all of these things actually have medical diagnosis, but very few pediatricians look for these things. They go automatically to neurological, developmental, you know, whatever, just because those are the things that pay. Because these things, how do you get treatment for your child when they're suffering from anxiety? 
Like, how do you get mental health for that? It's almost impossible. So the reality is when your child is displaying these things, it's going to be 100% up to you to manage that. Even if it is ear, nose, and throat symptoms, you're the one managing, taking them to the doctors, giving them the medicines, changing their diet, making sure that they're not exposed to things they're not supposed to be exposed to and all of that. Okay, so let's look at a testimonial here. This is um, from Seven Signs Your Child's are, uh, Ears Are Affecting Speech. Whoops, I guess these are backwards. Um, it says, thank you for this video. My two-year-old has a provisional diagnosis of autism and is getting an evaluation in October, okay? Now, this person watched on the ear. Because of your video, I took my son to an ENT who told me he needs ear tubes because of fluid and a red eardrum. I'm hoping his speech comes in and that proves whether or not he's aut he isn't autistic. So this is what happens is that parents start to second guess because they get these provisional diagnoses. Now for this mom and any of you who are um in this ear, nose, and throat journey, which um, before virtual autism was actually coined as a title, and it's mostly, again, related to technology use is where it came from. But like I said, these are all, the kids all show the same symptoms because they're all just getting misdiagnosed with autism. It doesn't matter why, and it's not necessarily tech-related, but the number one reason for children to be misdiagnosed was ear, nose, and throat issues. It was always the number one thing until tech was introduced and then with the pandemic and schools shutting down, social experiences shutting down, and technology replacing those social experiences, that's where it took a big jump over ear, nose, and throat issues as the number one issue that is causing children to be both delayed in speech and social development and misdiagnosed with autism. So you can see how all of that you need to know. I know this is a 2022 video. Okay, once again, I'm going to ask you to subscribe. Save this video for later if you can't watch it now. I know my videos are long, but I really need your help, you guys, because like I said, I'm getting very close to 6,000 subscribers. Every time you hit a milestone like that, YouTube really likes it. They help get these videos out. I need more of you to subscribe. A very small percentage of my viewers are subscribed. And it takes a lot for me to put these videos together. I'm really working hard to try to get some compensation. So there are a couple ways that you can help. So subscribing and returning every week to connect. That's going to be really, really helpful for me. Thank you so much for doing that. And Super Chats are active. So if you're watching live, then you can contribute to get, leave me a tip. Buy me a cup of coffee. Help me pay for, you know, the internet it takes and the time and effort to put together all these educational videos for you, okay? And then testimonials. This is a super way to help me. Share your experience. Other parents want to know if it's working for you. I know if you're watching, you want to know if it's working for other parents. You want to know what they're doing. I even see people commenting in my videos. Talk to me. Tell me how it's working for you. Share what's going on. If you want to make this into a community, this YouTube channel, 
that's where you can do it in the comment section here. And then I pull those comments to share with the entire audience. Okay. So please do that. And then, yeah, let's move in now to the next 10 reasons. There's still 10 more reasons that, um, Children are misdiagnosed with autism because they are showing the signs of autism, which makes that a virtual autism situation. And so we just talked about commonly overlooked wellness issues. Here are the first five commonly overlooked environmental issues. And these are the things that were happening before there ever was tech in the house. Number one, Parents are distracted. Work, school, now there's podcasts, TikTok, scrolling, shorts, uh, reels, all that stuff. And parents are distracted, just like Jenna was talking about. Um, parents are overbearing. There, there are overbearing siblings or cousins that are talking for the child, doing for the child, nannies, all of that stuff. They're overbearing, meaning that the child can't get a word in edgewise. These other kids insist on doing things for them their way. Overbearing means I don't have a, I don't have a, a way to go. And then there's inconsistent caregivers. And so that's kind of where I got the inspiration for this graphic here. Like when kids do things like run or escape or wreck things or grab things or or trash things and parents laugh about that and they're not consistent in their guidance or boundaries or things like that. This causes a massive blockage in a child's development. Caregivers have to be consistent, all of them, even the uncles who visit and that kind of stuff. I mean, an occasional breaking the rules is okay, but if someone is sabotaging you as a parent, one of the caregivers around you is going against, is sneaking behind your back to break the rules with your child because they love them. They don't want them to suffer. Remember, they don't want them to cry and do all that stuff. So instead of creating boundaries, they're taking the easy way out when you really want to work through these things. Okay. This could be happening. It could be you're doing everything right at home and everyone else is not, right? Or vice versa. Maybe your caregivers are working on developing structure, but you're inconsistent in responding. When they leave the house, chaos resumes. And I made this picture thinking about chaos. These are houses that have chaos because when parents are distracted, like number one, they're, the kids don't know what to do, so they do their own thing and get into trouble when parents are distracted. When they're overbearing siblings and cousins, that's when kids are feeling manipulated. They run away. They hide. They feel bullied. Inconsistent caregivers allows kids to develop power struggles and manipulate other people. And then number four is household drama and trauma. Even if an adult, if parents are fighting, if there is money issues, if you've had to move, if your mother had to move in, your mother-in-law had to move in, any of that kind of stuff, that's drama or trauma. Maybe you had a robbery or a car accident or a dog bite or, you know, one of those things that just happened that was outside of your control and that kind of stuff happens. And parents overlook the fact that these things affect children as much as they affect adults in the household. Now, 
Number five is that there's too many toys and focused on stuff. A lot of times, distracted parents, parents who are working too much, they try to compensate for the fact that they're distracted by spending their money on stuff. And so the child has too many things that they don't know how to play with in a new and exciting and structured way. They've gone through it. They've learned it. They've run its course, and it just sits in the pile, and the toy box continues to grow that in the corner, right? And they're just focused on getting more. They don't pay attention to any of that stuff at the bottom of the toy box anymore. They're just focused on stuff. All of these things you see, one through five here, distracted parents, overbearing siblings, inconsistent caregivers, household drama and trauma, and too many toys and focused on stuff. This creates a mindset and environment of chaos. You're always either, I use the analogy of the firefighter. You have to be a first responder because if you're not paying attention, you're just waiting for the alarm to go off, which is your child acting some behavior, doing something to trigger you to make you connect with them. Because remember, this was the behavior they've had since they were born. Think about it. What did they do when they first came out of the womb? They started screaming. So people would respond to them. And then it got more specific. They screamed one way. They stopped screaming. They started cooing because they got a happy face when they made a happy face. They started reflecting what they learn. Okay. And so when you think about it, uh, when chaos is around, kids are stuck in problem-solving mode, just like parents are stuck in problem-solving mode. And that's what happens. All of these things trigger this environment of chaos where no structured learning can happen because there aren't boundaries, there isn't structured, there's too much stuff, too much drama, too much going on. Now, here's Jessica who it put a comment on a video. This is, is your child too impaired video. And she said, I know that it's because I was either on my phone and just not engaging at all. Oops, I've got these backwards again. Now my child's excited to be in the playroom with me because he knows I'm going to pick up whatever toys he's playing with and just talk about it while we play. I can't stop saying thank you. I hope you're subscribed, <laughs> Jessica, because I got these backwards on here. The actual question that she has is this. The she knew she noticed the difference. That's why she made changes. Her son would not even stay in the same room before starting this program. It was an ongoing thing. Their child, their loner child, just like Jenna was talking about, that's what she was talking about. Her child was not available <laughs> because he was in his own world and she let him go because she was in her own world. Okay. And this was their ongoing thing too. Their loner child, their independent baby, right? Not their first one. And then she'd walk into the playroom to be with him and there he'd walk right back out and she'd follow him out to the living room and he'd walk back to the playroom once again and she realized that it was because she was living in that chaos. Now here is the video that I have recommended for you. Your triggers are the keys to real progress. And the link to this is below. Now there are five more reasons. So far we've covered five 
non-tech reasons that virtual autism symptoms appear that are related to wellness, physical and mental health wellness. And then we just did five that are related to the feeling of chaos in your child's life. So there's so much chaos, not enough structure, too much inconsistency. So they're not able to grasp enough language to learn to be functional. They're still stuck in, all right, if I scream, I can get it this time, so I'll just keep screaming. Or if I say, mommy, 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 and they respond to it because there's no actual teaching going on. There's just response. Like I said, it's like the first responder. You're just waiting for the alarm, responding to the thing without teaching. Okay. So now the next five, the third, the third set of five that I have for you, these are related to quiet environmental households. So lack of exposure to language. Perhaps the other slide was too much, too fast, too crazy language exposure. Lots and lots of talking going around. And here is a lack of that. So there's a lack of exposure to the spoken language the child needs. And here is why it happens. Number six is that it's a quiet household. Parents just aren't talking. Number seven, the child has limited freedom to explore. So they're just not going to the park. They're not going out. The child's in the house all the time. I saw that there were parents, especially over in India, where there was very little control and a very dense population. So people were really afraid and they were super isolating. And I met a family there that isolated for the entire three years. They didn't even go on their terrace. They were inside the house all the time. And of course, their child is delayed, even if they didn't give him phones, <laughs> right? But they did. So limited freedom to explore. Maybe they had freedom to explore the phone, but not outdoors. I mean, outdoors. They have few experiences watching peers. So they haven't been out where peers are. And even if they were where peers are, they chose like this graphic here where the other kids are playing and running and talking over there. This child's not even listening to them. This child has chosen, you see, to be away or avoid that. So they, as a result, they don't have experience because remember, all of these causes are experiential related. They don't have experience listening to language, so they can't learn it. Now, number nine is no practice with the home language. And this is one that I wanted to touch on a little bit that happened a lot. It happens a lot around the world. So Outside of U.S., here in the U.S., everybody speaks English, but it might sound a little different depending on where you live. So your English could sound different if you live in Texas versus if you live in Canada, okay? Now, outside of the U.S., that kind of distance, there could be a very different language. You could be going from France to Africa, right? So there could be very different languages being spoken in the home because parents meet other parents, families merge, people move to new places, and the parents still only speak one language to the child. Maybe it's English because they're going to an English school or it's their home language because the child did, but they're only speaking one language, but they live in a multilingual environment where maybe one parent speaks one language and another parent speaks another language. That it happens so much. 
or maybe the parents speak this language, but a grandparent is living with them and they speak another language or a nanny or a maid or a caregiver or somebody like that. There are more than one language happening in the household, but the parents limit the child. They're not using that other language. So the child has the experience. Think about your experience. When you immigrate to a new place or even you go to a household where they're not speaking a language that you know well. You might have heard it. You might know the a few words. You might understand the gist of what's going on, but you certainly can't speak it and certainly not in conversation level. This is what's happening to your child. How do you feel? You feel anxious. You don't know what's going on. You don't know if they're talking about you. You don't know if what they're saying is funny and you should laugh or not, and you don't. So you start to develop anxiety and fear. And guess what? You avoid conversation with those people because they're not helping you understand what's going on. They're just talking, 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 talking around you. It's not nice. Kids don't like it, and they will detach. They will start to just shut it down completely because to them, it sounds like blah, 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 their name, blah, 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 eat, blah, 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 go, blah, 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 because nobody taught them that second language. They lose their connection with their primary facilitator. And maybe because you've moved from India to Canada or India to U.S. or whatever, you and your husband are speaking your home language 24/7 and you and your child your your um your buddies at work are speaking hindi but at home with your child when you play you speak english because you think it's too much for your child to learn those things and this is what happens with a lack of exposure because remember all of these five causes commonly overlooked environmental issues result in a lack of exposure to the language the child needs to learn so if the household's quiet they're not hearing any language if they're not exploring they're not hearing anything but yours and they need to hear more than just you talking and same thing with watching peers they need to hear how kids talk they need to hear how adults talk so they can learn how to develop their own language. If there's no practice with the home language, then the child has a double whammy of feeling confused and they shut it down. So they just avoid it. And number 10 is Einstein syndrome, where the child is focusing on logical information and all that drama and making them do things over and over again. They learn things very, very quickly. They memorize things immediately with Einstein syndrome. So they have no need for these kids running around and doing that stuff. They're busy testing physics over here. They don't care about the kids playing playing house and you be the dog and you be the job or how hard you can climb on that slide and stuff because that's challenging for this child. They're better at building and looking and memorizing and doing all that stuff so they don't learn. They don't care about it. What they care about is their logical information that they're finding in their head and nothing else. So, and they get, they remember all of these kids, all of these kids have a language. Remember, they started communicating at birth with the doctor to tell them if they were healthy enough or not healthy enough. They needed to go for NICU or not, right? Oh, this is a healthy one. They're screaming, they're talking, or they're unwell, they're turning blue, right? From the very beginning, non-verbally, your child is sending messages. They never stop. The messages get more detailed and more specific all the time. 
And so parents can fall into the habit of just responding. Like I said, both of these habits that the first five that were all about chaos in your house, you can't respond because you're in the middle of chaos. There's too much chaos going on in your own life to respond to your child's issues. So they see your chaos and make more chaos and your house is full of chaos. Triggers chaos, pushing your buttons, meltdowns all the time. And maybe that decreases, but they still can flip that switch and do it all the time. Where do you think they learned it, folks? From you, okay? so. Moving forward, here's another uh, thing. This woman said her daughter started reading at three and three years and a half. She can count to a thousand easily and is obsessed with math, even odd numbers. And she's not even four yet. She thought I thought I was crazy going against these professionals who unfortunately only scratch the surface of their areas. And I think that uh, my best advice too is to look at your child's situation. Situation holistically. She says, I'm crying with this video. I've been to so many professionals. I've heard autism and severe cognitive delay. And she only started speaking six months ago at three years, four months. So if your child is just starting to use, say, words like those toddler pop out things where they're labeling what they want or telling you, give me, open it, come, you know, that kind of stuff. And they're already a couple years late getting started. At three and a half, four years old, your child will automatically be labeled with the most severe kind of disorder they can throw the book at because your child's already older. And the older your child gets and the wider the gap comes between what they're able to perform based on the tests, right? And remember, we said at the beginning of these video, these kids don't show up for tests. It's they fail, not so much because they can't do the job, but because they don't see any reason. And that's where these Einstein syndrome kids come from. And this mom, her daughter is the same. She got focused on reading and numbers and all of that stuff and didn't hear enough speech so that she learned these things instead of speech, right? So now if you have a child who's super interested and super withdrawn, it doesn't matter if they have Einstein syndrome, if they are focused on, because it's not a real diagnosis anyway, just like virtual autism, Einstein syndrome is a label that people are coming up with to counteract misdiagnosis of autism because with diagnosis of autism, you only get autism intervention, which is not appropriate for a child that's super smart. Autism therapy assumes a child cannot connect, does not know how to memorize things, needs repeated exposure, repeated exposure in order to pick up things and perform them robotically with some sort of reinforcement in order for them to learn. And children with virtual autism and children with Einstein syndrome don't need any of that. They learn immediately. The first time you respond to their meltdown with a gift, they ping, learning happens, and you're going to get more meltdowns because the child wants that positive reinforcement. So, and then if the child has a meltdown and you ignore 
that child's meltdown because the opposite then, okay, so instead of giving them a gift, you're going to ignore them. That also is a problem because now your child is learning that when you have a really important thing to say, all they have to do is shut you down because that's what you're doing for them. So you can't ignore them and you can't bribe them. You have to connect with them and understand what's going on. That's what this whole platform is all about. Jenny has another message for all of us. I hope you could hear that um, because I really want to just hit home on this video that there is so much more that you are in control of than you imagine, than the professionals want you to believe, than your uh, diagnosis reveals that the professionals will tell you, right? They will be motivated for you to keep returning to their clinic and keep paying them. And I've seen it so many times that parents are being misled down this funnel of you got to get the diagnosis so that you can get the therapy. And only that is what will work. And the reality is only that is what's available. It's all they got. Because if they teach you how to do this yourself, how to connect with your child, how to teach them to talk, how to get them social, how to get them school ready, then they wouldn't have a job anymore. They, their job is to fix your kid, is to make them talk, is to get them compliant so that you can send them to school, right? And none of that seems like it makes a lot of sense to me as a mom or as a therapist, because I got into doing this because I want to see people succeed. I don't want to set them up to fail. I don't want to send them home frustrated without every tool you need to be success. That's why these videos are so crammed full of information. And it's really frustrating to me that parents don't watch the whole thing. Very little of these videos are watched because I don't know what else I can do, moms and dads. I know you can do this. Parents, other parents have proven it. Jenna has proven it. And you saw how emotional she was, even if you couldn't hear her at the beginning of the video, how emotional she was about being misled by professionals to believe that her kids were impaired, so impaired that she couldn't do anything, that there was nothing she could do. And then when she realized that she could, that it was easier than she thought, that all she had to do was put away that other distracting stuff, those mindset that people told her, the things that she had to do, and she connected with her child herself. And she got it done herself. And so that video that you saw was months ago. And Jenna just posted a couple weeks ago. I did another video about, is your child too big, too impaired? Are you too busy or whatever? Are there too many blockages or obstacles for you to see this process? I did that whole video, which is available. And Jenna made this comment. So hi, Marcy and facilitators. It's Jenna from Alaska. My boys are now almost four, six, eight, and 10. Like I said, she has four lay talkers and they all now have independent speech. And remember, this was the mom whose kids 
stop talking when she sent them to school. They were so disempowered by what the school did to, for, and around them that she took them out. Her oldest learned to read this year. and She never thought any of this was possible. She was going to be like on disability home with her four disabled boys and she got this bad thing until she took action, okay? Until she got the book and she kept with the thing and she worked hard. Her video is really emotional. She talks about how it took the whole six weeks for her boy to open up. But then when he did, it was like the best thing ever. But she didn't stop trying and she's got four. So what she says is that you can do this, right? This, he learned to read. His OT says he's a, she's extremely hopeful about his long-term success. He was nonverbal until six, you guys. And he gained independent speech at 7.5. And now he's a hilarious chatterbox. And Jenna and I, too, are sending hugs. I know it's not easy, but stay in the fight. And she means the fight to... Connect with your child when they push you out of the room, when they don't want to connect with you, when they get too stuck on their phone, when they, you know, are stuck in their comfort zone and you want to help them move out of their comfort zone. And also your fight against systems that are trying to disempower you. All right. And Jenna says, big thanks to Marcy for being here every week with all the encouragement. It is never, never, never too late. And that is the truth. And that's what I want everybody to know. Now, listen, you can do like Jenna. You can get improvement. There are resources. So when you join my newsletter, you get this Get Started Guide. The link is in the description of this video. If you're still watching or you just popped in for the end of the live, the most important thing about all of these videos that I do is this is just the basics of the information. You're going to have to figure this out because every family is unique. Every family is individual. And if you have questions, then let me help you out. So there are 800 videos on my channel right now. 800. Okay. Now, you can use the search option, right? So instead of asking a question, what about this? And you know who you are, who you keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back and asking questions. But what about this? But now my child's at the next level and I want to know the next. I work really hard to put in these videos, these detailed one hour videos, some of them more all the steps you need to elevate your child all the way to conversational expressive spoken language. And if you're feeling like you're stuck because I don't know, I don't understand, I don't know what to do, the first step is there to go there. And then if you can't figure it out from these videos, right? So those of you who ask me questions, I'm just going to start sending you to videos because there's a whole library here for you to access an entire library and for less than the cost of one trip to McDonald's. <laughs> you can join my membership for a whole month. You can learn for a whole month exactly what to do when you watch those videos and you see the details and you can use this secret hack. It's in the description. Exactly how to get 20% off your first month. There is nothing less expensive than do it yourself, right? 
And that's what I want to do is I want to equip you to build your child's future, build their educational experiences starting now in your house. And then you'll be able to find all the educational experiences you want later when you want them to learn algebra or horseback riding or swimming or whatever you want them to do this season. Okay. And the important news is that you can see progress quick. Like the outside for everyday intervention where you'll see a change is like, Jenna, six weeks. Three to six weeks is common. And most parents, if your child's older than three, like the mom we talked about today, it happens in days. Because your children already have language. Remember I talked about that analogy with the second language learning? Your children already have some concept of what this speech stuff is, what these words mean. They hear people around them talking all the time. They just don't know how to use and speak the language yet because nobody's taught them. That's your job. And you can teach them quickly. Because with daily intervention, you can learn a lot in six weeks, okay? So that's what I'm going to leave you with today. Thank you so much for joining me for this. If you have questions, once again, testimonials wanted. Like this video. Not even seeing any likes pop up. Come on, give me a like today. Subscribe to my video and testimonials wanted. Other parents want to see what you're doing, how you're learning. What are you doing? What's happening? What gets the fastest progress? And if you want to read or see a whole playlist full, then those are free. You can check out and see all the parents and professionals that I've interviewed. There's dozens of them, of parents who have asked me for guidance. I've given them guidance on the phone. They've shared their experiences. And these are kids that are older than nine, some of them younger, some of them Einstein syndrome, some of them tech addicted, some of them ear infections, all different kinds of things. You can find it right there in the playlist. So the resources are here. It's time for you to go and get to work. So I will see you next week for more Q&A. Every other week, I think that's what I'm going to do now for my plan is every other week I'm going to have an info video and then a Q&A video where I'm going to be taking responses, you know, questions and, and testimonials and things that people put on the videos and showing you where to find the resources you need to teach yourself how to become your child's best facilitator and get the results you want without becoming exhausted by having fun every day and seeing 1% improvement every day consistently through using the strategies, the step-by-step -step process that I put together. And all of the resources you need are in the description of this video. So thanks again for joining me and I'll see you all on the next one. Bye for now. With a whole range of waves of communication resources, from free content to customized coaching, you now have access to everything you need to elevate spoken language to infinite success. You are welcome to get your journey started with my 11-week language facilitation journey to speech workbook. You can access this workbook and all of the language facilitation resources on my website, wavesofcommunication.com.